Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. SoCal's Country Station, 95.1 KFROG. I'm Pepper. This is Spirit of the IE. Canyon Ridge Hospital in Chino recently launched its new Patriot Support Program Service Center, offering specialized treatment designed to address the needs and challenges of active duty military, veterans, and military families. This population requires a special level of treatment due to the nature of their experiences, which routinely expose them to unique circumstances. The goal of this program is to help service members honorably return to duty or civilian life, whichever is deemed appropriate by command. Here to tell us more is Darina Choke, Chief Operating Officer for Canyon Ridge Hospital and Johnny Orozco, Military Program Manager. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. So start by telling us, how long have you been working in mental health and what drew you to the field? I've been working in mental health for 10 years. One of the biggest things that got me into the field is my mom used to be a CNA. I used to watch her come home and I knew that she worked uh, long hours and she would always come home happy. And I asked her, used to ask her questions as a kid like, like how I was working, she would tell me everything that she did and uh, the people she dealt with. And basically, I would, as I grew up, I'd ask her, like, so what, what makes you smile? And she'd just tell me she just liked taking care of people. I joined the service, wanted to be a police officer, went through the whole thing and didn't work out. One day I was driving by Canyon Ridge and I walked in, asked them what they did. They said it was mental health. I never knew what mental health was. And I went in, started working as a mental health worker, and I, for some reason there, I knew I had a knack for working with people with mental disabilities. I learned through the last 10 years, I worked, I became a CPI instructor. Uh, I was working on the floor, which is on the units. They call it the floor. And uh, I, I was basically a lead, which is a supervisor on the floor, in charge of the crisis prevention team. And basically what I do is uh, when someone's in crisis, I speak to them. I would like to say that the biggest thing is just it doesn't matter what problems you're going through. It's, it's allowing the person to speak and allow them to vent and then try to figure out a solution for them. But throughout those 10 years, I was uh, working with uh, a lot of military vets and just it was military vets because now we're starting to get active duty. But we had a lot of military vets. And when I would speak to them, I found something that was really special, and that was the fact that I would let them know that I was, a, when I tell them that I'm a Marine, it's like a gateway for them. Because mm-hmm. with the Marines, it's a different lingo. The military, for that matter, it's a different lingo. But there's always a way that I see in a lot of them is that their first step is to be able to talk to somebody, to open up. And when you're part of the 
military or were part of the military, they began to speak. And when you start listening to them, I'm blessed to be a program manager now, so it gives me the opportunity to point them in the right direction. And that's the good thing about the hospital now, and they give me that opportunity because not only have I been successful in de-escalating in the hospital, before our hospital would have a, you know, a high amount of codes, but when I started taking over the program, the CPI program, and the de-escalating portion, the codes went way low at the hospital, and, and we're giving the, uh, excellence, uh, service excellence to the patients. Right, so understanding a patient, understanding a person. To be honest, I really don't call them patients. They're my clients, they're my friends, but I know my scope of practice and I know how far to go. So the biggest thing that makes anybody successful in this field, I believe, is the fact that you can listen to them and then try to figure out how to help them afterwards. And with us, you know, we're very successful in doing that. And now with the military program, we have military personnel that's gonna take care of them from the counselors to the nurses that work in that unit, in, uh, in our unit, the military unit. Uh, we have the case managers. We, we have myself, and we work together as a team, which is kind of like the military, right? You have to have mm-hmm. a team, and in order for a team to be successful, you have to know what job, basically, everyone does, and you don't overstep that job. And when you have a perfect, I would call it like, I'm hearing this one, a perfect storm, and you're going to give them the best help that you can give them. And the only way that you can give them the best help, and I believe, is to be truthful and to be honest. Because that's what makes uh, any de-escalation, whether it's a military patient or just a regular civilian patient, just listening to them and to be telling the truth. Let them know the truth of how you're going to be able to help them. What I used to see in a lot of the vets, or even patients themselves, it's you don't want to oversell, right? I mean, you, they, they give you the, the problem and you offer them a solution. You don't promise them a, a dream or anything like that. Our job is we're a crisis stabilization hospital. And we, for myself, I, I let the patients know that they're there to not only get better, but also that we're the gateway to future treatment. And that's what a lot of the vets come. They want to know how they're going to get treated. And you got to let them know, you know, like you're going to be here, you know, three, four days. And then after that, you're going to get the follow-up treatment. And that's what you always want to sell to them, you know, like we're here to take care of you while you're in a moment of crisis. And then you're going to get your follow-up treatments, whether it's at the VA or anywhere that they go. And that's what you want to let them know. Like, when you go there, that's where you're going to get your real treatment. I believe that. Like I said, we're crisis stabilization, and that's what makes sure that they get started in the right path and that they get basically getting taken care of while they're there. Yeah, so like Johnny, I have been in mental health for over 10 years, probably close to 15 years now. My background is in clinical psychology. I'm actually a licensed marriage and family therapist. And just to kind of go back to the question of how I went into mental health, I actually knew I wanted to be a therapist in high school. We actually had a therapist come in and do an introduction in one of our psychology classes. And then I just knew, wow, I I want to do that. I want to help people. I want to do what she does. So naturally, I went straight into school with a psychology major, followed um, with my master's in psychology. And what led me to Canyon Ridge is I actually had... A colleague of mine in grad school who worked at Canyon Ridge and she referred me to Canyon Ridge and so I began my career there as an intake counselor. I started doing assessment and referrals for Canyon Ridge in 2010 and that's really what launched my career with Canyon Ridge. I have been with them for now 13 years and you know it's been great. I've served in multiple roles at the hospital from intake counselor to quality and risk 
and now I am the COO there at the hospital. And it's just been so incredibly wonderful to see the progression of our hospital and all the things that we've been able to do there over the years. Our hospital was actually 106 beds when I first started there, and now it's 152. We added an additional 50-plus beds to be able to help the community, which, you know, the mental health field has grown. The need for mental health has grown, especially post-COVID era. We saw a lot of need in the community. So we've been fortunate to be able to have the resources for patients in our community and actually surrounding communities. We have been able to help patients at our hospital from our own county, San Bernardino County, but certainly not excluding other communities, including Riverside counties and San Diego County and Orange County. So our hospital actually serves a lot of patients, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of that. So that's sort of, in a nutshell, my story and what brought me to Canyon Ridge. And I hope to continue on this journey with the Patriot Support Program that we recently launched. And so that's my story. Johnny's story is much more unique, I, I think, than mine. I'm not a veteran. He's a veteran. And we're very fortunate to have him be a part of this program to help our military veterans and active duty personnel. So we're really happy to have Johnny on the team with us. So Canyon Ridge Hospital specializes in mental health treatment. Yes. And what are some of the unique mental health challenges faced by military and veterans? I believe that one of the biggest challenges is that they want to make, uh, when they come into the hospital, they want to get service and they're afraid to go somewhere, even if it's just like the VA. They just don't know where to go. And Doreen will talk about the compact that acts soon, sooner in a little bit, but they're afraid to speak to somebody because when you're in the military, you know, you're taught to, I mean, there's always, I'm glad things are changing, but I mean, at least when I was back in the 90s, it was always like, you know, if something's going wrong with you, like you're not going to you 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 don't want to show weakness, you know, and you always want to be strong, and you know it's you want to be able to handle things on your own, you know. But what the unique thing about it is for myself is like I said is uh when you try to do that, had I known even from my personal experiences if that there was help out there, you know, where you can talk to somebody and there there's no judgment, then it'd probably be different, and not even just for myself, but for a lot of people that I talk to in the hospital. Fortunately, I can't share my experiences with them because that would be breaking my scope of practice. But when, but I'm there to listen, and when I, when I'm listening to them, I can hear them that a lot of them have issues because they just don't want to seem like they're ashamed or that they're not strong enough to say like they're weak. Basically, that they're saying that they're weak and they just don't have anybody to talk to, and sometimes they wait a long time. So it's just basically the way I honestly see it is they start blowing up, blowing up, kind of like a. Can I say bomb on the radio? I'm just not sure, but and that's like, not that's not one of the seven forbidden words. So. Okay, so it's like a bomb, and like they, they they keep everything inside, and then when they finally explode, it sounds weird, but you have to have the right person there when they explode. I mean, like they're they're exploding, and it has nothing to do with the military. They're not going to tell that to somebody just like a normal person, and that's the good thing about us, and the thing that I've been seeing, and I'm glad we got to do this program is because uh, when they finally explode, and you're there to understand what they need you can at least know where you're going to send them. You know, if they explode because they're having PTSD or what or whatnot, then, you know, we have counselors that are going to be able to talk to them. So I think that was the biggest thing, and that's the biggest thing that I hear all the time. It's just like I just never knew that I could talk to somebody. So once they do, once they release, and once they let you know what they need, uh, it's uh, my job, you know, in the hospital, in my role in the hospital is to make sure that they do get to where they need to go and then plan for the future so that, they can take uh, better care of themselves. That's the, for me, that's, the, that's what I've seen. 
Absolutely. If I could just add to that, I mean, I think I agree with Johnny. It's the challenges is for everybody in mental health is that stigma, right? And I think over the years, it has gotten a lot better, I think, with social media and just being more open and honest about mental health as a community, as a society, as the world. And then it's more unique for the military families. It's more challenging for them to seek help, to seek treatment, first of all. And then the second part is once they're actually in a place to receive treatment, are they being heard? Are they receiving treatment from veterans who can understand and empathize with what they've been through? There are many challenges that the military veterans and active duty face from PTSD to going into several combat zones, coming home, being estranged from families, being separated from families multiple times, going on multiple deployments. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so, again, it has gotten better in terms of the stigma that they face when they come back home from, say, a deployment and and really struggling to integrate back into civilian life. That's when we really come in and help them. And where Cannon Ridge comes in with the Patriot Support uh, Program is that we have veteran staff that are able to help them and empathize with them and really understand what they're going through, right? Because I think, and Johnny can attest to this, the challenges that we face from our standpoint is... Maybe they come in with the notion that I'm going to have a veteran who can empathize with me, who can relate to me and my struggles. And if I don't, then I'm going to close off and you can't help me. Right. The mentality is you don't understand what I've been through. What can you say to me that's going to help me? You have no idea what I've been through. And so to flip that and really have people that can say, I have been there. I do understand what you're going through. It changes that dynamic and it enables them to open up. And that's really when the healing can start. And so that's why we are proud to have veteran staff from both nursing, therapists. Johnny is the military program coordinator. We have dedicated case managers for this program that are very unique to the military as well. So again, it's everyone coming together to be able to help the unique challenges that the military face. I'm speaking with Doriana Choke, Chief Operating Officer and Johnny Orozco, Military Program Manager for Canyon Ridge Hospital. Tell us about your roles at the hospital. My role at the hospital is just basically making sure that every single active duty member from our armed forces and our veterans gets taken care of. It's very unique, my position, because I have to make sure that each and every single one of them gets the best care that they can get. And that means if they need to talk to a therapist, I make sure that they get a therapist right away. I meet with them every single day and let them know like how it's going on from they need anything from a a cigarette or they need clothes, whatever that they need. I go above and beyond because I believe that they should feel that way for what they've done for us. But as a person for me, it's like everybody should be that way. And I think that's why I'm in this role is because I believe it's not just the military. And I apologize for that. But it's like even normal people. And I think that's why our hospital is becoming very successful because we have someone and I'm gonna I guess toot my own horn right it's like as someone like me I want to make sure that every single person that walks in there gets taken care of because you can't forget anybody and something that's from the military it's like you always cover the guy in the front or you always cover the guy in the rear so you take care of the guy in the front take care of the guy in the rear and never forget anybody you never leave anybody anybody behind and that goes with me every time I walk in the hospital from the minute I walk in, it's like if I have to throw out a trash, if I have to clean the front, if I have to do anything in the units, keep them clean because I want everybody to be in there feeling like they want to be in there to get the help that they need. And I have to worry about, you know, well, how am I going to get clothes or how am I going to, am I going to be able, like, I need to smoke. Like, like, what do I do? It's like, talk to me, talk to me and, and I will try to make 
something happen, I will make sure that you get the best care. And military is a, a very special part of my heart. And that's what I do for them. I, uh, Like I said, I get a list and I meet with every single one of them and just let them know like, okay, well, what do you need? Tell me what you need. And if they look like they're in distress, you know, like I can help you out. And they tell me, well, can you help me? How can you help me out? It's like I can point you to the right person. And that's what I do for the military staff. So as the chief operating officer, I mean, obviously operations of the hospital, I oversee several departments, work very closely with my CEO to ensure the hospital operations are running smoothly and efficiently. One thing I will say is that we work very closely as a team at Cannon Ridge Hospital. So although primarily my focus is on operations, what I do is I work very closely with the other directors on programming. I work very closely with our physicians as well on the treatment. We are a multidisciplinary team. And so what led me to this Patriot Support Program is my CEO, Stephanie Bernier, and I have been talking about this for years. We have seen the need for a military program in our area. We have quite a few military bases in our area, in our community, from 29 Palms to Camp Pendleton and Fort Irwin. And we just realized there's a need for these patients and for these military members, service members, to get help. And again, we were looking at how do we strategize around this? How do we open our doors to be able to provide these services? And so we at Cannon Ridge are part of a larger hospital system called UHS. And UHS is a support of the Patriot Support Program. They have multiple Patriot Support Program hospitals throughout the United States. And we also have hospitals in the UK and Puerto Rico. So it's really very unique to UHS to have Patriot Support programs and to have their blessing as part of the Patriot Support. I believe they only have 19 hospitals that are assigned as Patriot Support programs within our hospital system. And we're talking over 400 acute care hospitals, over 300 behavioral health hospitals. So we're very proud of that. For 2022, we won our quality award for providing the best care, and that's out of 300 hospitals. So very proud of that and very proud to be able to do the work that we do there. So yes, going back to your question, as a COO, operations is inherently in the title, but I do much more than that. I look at programming. I look at opportunities for us to grow and to be able to better serve our communities and the needs in our communities. And the Patriot Support Program uh, is basically the definition for that would be also the active duty members' families or veterans' families. So the term patient support is just being active duty members who send their family members to the hospital. They want to make sure that the hospital that's taking care of their family members is going to take good care of them while they're in deployment. They want to make sure that their kids, that their spouses, that any member of their family, they don't have to worry about that while they're out in deployment. So we're making sure that we're taking care of them, and that's where the Patriot Support comes from, you know, just to make sure that their families are getting taken care of just as well as uh, they would be getting taken care of if they were in our hospital. Tell us about the programs you offer. We offer inpatient stabilization for acute care. So as Johnny mentioned earlier, we're an acute stabilization hospital We have inpatient adults. We serve adult patients, older adult for geropsych, as well as adolescent 13 to 17 years of age. And we also offer outpatient services. And from the beginning of when COVID first hit, we saw the need for patients to be able to access our uh, services. So we launched our virtual programs and we continue to offer those programs on an outpatient basis. And currently we have hybrid for outpatient intensive outpatient programs, partial hospitalization programs, and those are both run both in person and online. And we also have intensive outpatient programs for our adolescents as well. So we offer, on the continuum of care, 
we offer essentially all services that the community needs. And we have essentially beds for everyone other than pediatrics. We're not serving pediatrics. That's one thing we do not do. But we used to do that in the 90s, I think, way before my time and Johnny's time. But yes, we have all of those programs that we offer. I'm Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Speaking with Dorina Choke, Chief Operating Officer and Johnny Orozco, Military Program Manager for Canyon Ridge Hospital. We've been talking about the Patriot Support Program that you've just launched. What can you tell us about the Compact Act? The Compact Act is an act that recently got launched in January of this year by the Veterans Affairs. And essentially what it does is it opens up the point of access for veterans who are in suicidal crisis to be able to access care virtually anywhere. So before that, the veterans were linked to the the VA system. And so what this act does is that it allows them to go virtually anywhere to access care. So it really opens up those point of access for patients to be able to go and receive treatment. It doesn't matter where they live. I mean, of course, this is dependent on whether there's resources in those areas. However, for Cannon Ridge, for example, and why it's so incredibly important at this juncture is the fact that the veterans and their families are able to access care to come in straight into our doors and be able to receive the care that they need if they're in an acute suicidal crisis. Johnny, you mentioned earlier that your personal experience as a Marine has helped you in this field. Can you expand on that? Growing up, I wanted to make my mom proud, you know? So because of the hard work that she did, you know, after I you know, graduated high school, I got a little bit of time off, then I went into the military, got out, wanted to be a police officer. And it was all because I, I didn't grow up rich. You know, I you know I grew up in an area, I don't know if I could say, but it's an area where it was you never know you're poor until you're actually old enough to understand that you were poor, but you're happy, you know. So one of the things I wanted to do is I said, you know, I become a police officer, then uh, I made my mom proud. You know, when that didn't happen, during those times, they were kind of rough. And how this all connects is when I work at the hospital, I take that into my heart, if that may even make sense. When I watch the vets and I watch military people come in, I want them to feel that there's a place that they can go to where they can get that too, where people are going to be proud, you know. When I talk to the a lot of the vets, you know, they just kind of feel like they're losers, you know. Uh, they feel like they're not backed up, like they get sick and they don't know where to go or they don't get the help, you know, so... Uh, one of the biggest things that I, get, I guess it hits me inside is that the experience helped me a lot because I know that I could put it in one sentence is that I want them to come out feeling proud of what they did. And hopefully they feel like someone is proud of them because they normally don't feel that way. They feel like they're being let down. They feel like they can't get services anywhere or they just don't want to go because they feel like they go and they just they don't, they don't have enough time to 
Uh, it's basically they're just a number, you know? And I get that from a lot of the veterans. So when they run into someone like me, they understand, like, you know what? It's like I have been in that, in that part where I feel like, you know, just like no one's there to help you, but there are. There are people out there. And I guess to go back to the Compact Act, now that they have access to places like ours at Cannon Ridge, then they'll run into somebody that hopefully changes their lives. And that's like my biggest thing. How can someone access the services offered by Canyon Ridge Hospital? Absolutely. Good question. Absolutely. Patients can virtually walk into the hospital. We offer 24-hour assessments free to anyone. The veterans can actually just walk in at any time, any hour of the day or night. It is a 24-hour hospital. Most of our patients do come in from other sources, other emergency rooms as transfers. However, we do have walk-in capabilities where we can certainly triage people coming in directly for help. So in other words, you don't have to go to an emergency room. I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to go to an emergency room to get mental health treatment. We're not a an emergency center However, we do have the capability to assess someone who is in an acute crisis and definitely either refer them to an outpatient level of care, depending on what the crisis is, or we can admit them directly into the acute inpatient for stabilization purposes. So again, patients can directly access care by coming into Canada Ridge Hospital. They do not have to seek help by going to an emergency center. Now, we always say if there is an emergency, you can certainly call 911 or go to your nearest emergency. We are not an emergency hospital. However, if a family member or someone who was in crisis wanted to bring their loved one to us or if somebody wanted to self-refer and just come in, confidently know that they're going to receive the care they need, they can absolutely just walk into our lobby and be assessed by one of our therapists. What would you say to someone who's in crisis right now? What would I say? Well, That's sort of a heavy question or a convoluted question. I guess I can just simplify it because I can take myself back to when I was an intake counselor. I mean, you just want to meet the patient where they're at. If they're in crisis and they have a lot of anxiety coming in or maybe it just depends on how the presentation is, right? So you want to assure them that they're in the right place. First and foremost, you know, they're scared that a lot of patients who come in, maybe this is their first time that they're reaching out for help. They don't know what the process is like. And I think for me, as a therapist and as an intake counselor, it's just explaining the process and giving them that reassurance that we're here to help and answering questions that they have, you know, along the way and giving them that reassurance every step of the way, telling them this is what we're here to do and just actually being very transparent with them and just letting them know what we do here at Cannon Ridge. What is your role here and what are you going to be able to do to help me? And it's, again, meeting that patient where they're at. And I'm sure Johnny can add to this. Certainly, he's been doing this quite a long time. And being a CPI instructor, and he's worked very closely with all of our patients on verbal de-escalation and crisis resolution and things like that. We actually call him the patient whisperer because he just does so well with all of our patients. He um, certainly understands what it's like and what's needed for every individual. It's different, right, Johnny? I mean, you can't really come into the same mentality with one patient as you do with another, as they're all very unique challenges and present very uniquely. But I will say this, again, coming back to what I initially said, is just letting them know you're here to help. Right, Johnny? Just letting them know I'm here to help. Let me know how I can help you. And I think that's one of the key things that actually Johnny talked to us about recently is that he does just that, right? That's the thing with me. I've seen patients where they're highly aggressive. They're screaming. And they do everything. To answer your question is I'm very, very simple. It's like all I ever say is, how can I help you? 
And that's it. When that question comes up, if they don't answer, I always let them know, I'll give you some time. I'm right here. I'll wait. And if you want, I can even go and come back. You know, just give me a time. Just to, I want to make sure that they at least answer one of the questions so that we can start there. The hardest thing, like I said, the hardest thing is to ask for help. And it always comes in the form of an easy question or an easy answer when I'm asking that question. Whether it's uh, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm suicidal. I'm, it's always the, after the question, how can I help you? And I let them think and then I stay quiet and then they will answer me. Uh, I'm going to say most of the time they'll answer me. If they look like they're really, really angry, it's like I don't use the because I'm not a therapist, right? I guess I'm just a person who who talks to someone. I never ask like, why are you angry? You know, why, why are you angry? You know, I use a different term like, you know, I see you're upset. And then I go back and revert to like, you know, what is it that I can do for you? And if they want to lash out, then I'm like, there's no resolution for you lashing out. Either, you know, I get hurt, you get hurt, and none of us want that. And so it's very simple. If you want to scream, you know, I have a very simple solution for that. You know, you could just step inside this lounge and I'll close the door. You scream. And after that, just let me know when you're ready to talk. And you'd be surprised how that works where it doesn't get to the point to where people start getting violent because they just want to scream. They just want to let it out. I've always told everybody the minute you when you want something and someone's not giving it to you, you're going to get upset. And that's how they come into the hospital. They come upset because they're not receiving anything. When I ask them the question, the very simple question, how can I help? And then they tell me, well, no one's doing this for whatever. They just, for example, like they're not getting medications out there because they can't. They might be homeless. It's like, I just, that's when I'm like, well, let me answer that question for you as best as I can. And if I can't, I'll point you to the right person. And they understand it. their their demeanor drops real quick when you're honest with, when you let them know. When I, well, for me, for example, I always let them know, like, I'm not a therapist, but I'm here to listen to what you need. And I can point you to a therapist if that's what you need. And that has been the biggest change because I, uh, when I teach CPI, which is crisis prevention and intervention, I just let them know, like, this doesn't have to get violent or physical. You just got to let me know. And if, if you want to get upset, it's fine to get upset. But there is a solution to why you're angry. So let's just work that out. So as soon as you're done yelling, as soon as you're done breaking stuff, as soon as you're doing that, done doing anything, I'll be there to help you out. And like I said, most of the time, I'm going to say a lot of the times it, it works that way. What I teach, I never want to see a person being manhandled. You know, we stopped using a show of force from what the way it used to be in, you know, other places. You know, a show of force means that you're going to have nine people showing up to take care of one person. You know, you mm -hmm. have to have the adequate amount of people to not only for us to be safe, but for them to be safe. But when you do that and you're coming in with compassion and just care for the people, it's never going to be violent. And it happens even just to a normal person. If seven people approach you, you're going to be like, well, who's first, right? It's like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to take someone out, right? Because there's a lot of people that are trying to get me. But when it's just two of you and you're good at de-escalating and you're good at listening, you're good at understanding, it makes the patients and even uh, military people, for that matter, it makes them feel like, wow, there, there's only two of you or there's only one of you? And it's like, yes, because I'm not here to put hands on you. I'm here to talk to you and, and help you out. And I know that that's like my whole philosophy. It's like, it's inhumane. We haven't even had a restraint in, I'm going to say three, four years. We've never put anybody in restraints because why? Why would you do that? 
that's my philosophy. That's the hospital's philosophy. That's uh, my CEO's philosophy. It's like, how they, they would tell us, how can we get away from something like that? And that was my biggest challenge because I'm like, it's really easy to put somebody in restraints, physical restraints, mechanical restraints, right? But it's much easier just to talk to them, listen to them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather give you a glass of water. I'd rather give you food. I'd rather give you something that you need right now than to put straps around you for 30 minutes because you're really angry when it's all going to come down to it's giving you the, what you need. And it doesn't require violence. And I think that's what a, a lot of places might miss. Yeah, you know, I think we provide that safe space, right? That's what the best thing I do for anybody in crisis, really, is give them that safe space to be able to be heard. I think a lot of us can relate to when we're angry or when we're upset. We don't want someone to yell over us or speak over us or just tell us what to do. All we want to do is be heard and be understood and someone to listen to us. And that's when we create that safe space for our patients, for both military patients and others. And again, coming down to meeting the patient where they're at. You know, that's something that I have learned both in my experience in mental health and just in life in general is meet someone where they're at and just talk to them. Like Johnny keeps saying, I think throughout this whole interview is his strength and really our staff strength is in their ability to relate to the patients, to listen, to show that empathy, to really explain to the patients what we're there to do. And ultimately what we're there to do is to provide help. And that's why the passion, we're very passionate in what we do. You know, I'm sure Johnny can, he exudes that passion that for the, the care that he provides for our patients. So yeah, again, it's just providing that safe space for our patients to be able to express themselves in, in a safe way in a therapeutic environment so they can heal. How can someone learn more about Canyon Ridge Hospital? Well, we have an online platform and we also have an online Facebook. We have a huge uh, social media presence where we talk about different programs that we offer. We talk about both the inpatient and outpatient programs that we offer for our community And so that's the very first thing, right? Everyone is online these days. Everyone is on social media these days. We try to reach our community through those platforms. We do community outreach events as well. And then, of course, if someone wanted to learn more about our programs, they can just pick up the phone and call. Again, we're a 24-hour hospital, 24 hours, seven days a week. And virtually anytime someone calls our hospital to obtain more information about our treatments, services, or anything like that, someone will pick up the phone. I've been speaking with Dorena Choke, Chief Operating Officer, and Johnny Orozco, Military Program Manager for Canyon Ridge Hospital in Chino. Anything else you want us to know? For me, uh, I will always leave it at this. Like I, I ask all new hires when I teach my classes is uh, the only thing I want everybody to know. It's like the question is, while you work here, would you feel comfortable bringing a family member or anybody to our hospital so that uh, they could get taken care of? And anybody that doesn't raise their hands, then I let them know, like, you know what? It's like the minute you get hired at Cannon Ridge or the minute you start working with Cannon Ridge, there's always going to be that my philosophy is that raise your hand because you know that that person is going to get the best care that uh, they can receive. And you should be raising your hand because now you work for Cannon Ridge and this is why we are the best because like I said a simple question will give you a simple answer it will give you the most honest answer otherwise we can talk around the whole thing about how you know great we are but it's like you have to show it and and I think that that's the great thing uh Stephanie she's given me that platform to exercise the uniqueness I guess of what I do and it's shown 
you know, not just myself, but, you know, I give credit to the whole staff, the other CPI instructors, the one other, Hector Gonzalez, you know, just uh, the other CPI instructor and the whole staff. And to be a leader, which is uh, one thing, like, like I said, going back to the military, if you're a leader, people will follow you. People will follow a leader based on example and the things that you do. People don't just want a manager. They don't want a manager just because he's there. They want somebody that they've seen with credibility and then and they turn a place around, whether it's whatever that they do. I mean, I could have been flipping burgers. I, I want to be the best burger flipper in the world, you know. So at Cannon Ridge, I believe we have the best staff because they work simple. They're simple. They just want to help, in other words. I'll definitely echo that. It's an incredible place to work. I'm incredibly proud to be a part of such a great team. I haven't been there for 13 years. We just want to be the best. We want to provide the best quality care for the patients that we see and be an example in the community. And hopefully, you know, when people think of mental health or when they're in crisis and they need someone or someone to go to or someone that they can trust, our hope is that they'll think of Canyon Ridge. And so, again, that's where we shine. We're a, a leading hospital in behavioral health. And I've mentioned before all the services that we do provide for our community and surrounding communities and now proud to be part of the patient support program. And so I hope we continue on this path to providing the best quality care for everyone, really. Thank you so much for coming in today, Johnny. Thank you for your service. And thank you for reminding us that it's okay to need help and that it's okay to get help. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.